The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, a recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. A December traffic stop in southeast Virginia of a uniformed Army officer has prompted Governor Ralph Northam to call for an investigation. And as Whitney Evans reports, one of the officers involved has been fired. Police officers in the town of Windsor stopped Lieutenant Kara Nazario, a black and Latino man, for driving without a rear license plate, despite the temporary plate displayed in the back window. Nazario was pepper sprayed, threatened, and beaten. The incident was captured in widely shared body camera footage. Senator Mamie Locke, who sponsored a police reform package in the General Assembly earlier this year, says the incident is the product of bad police culture. And as long as you have police officers and law enforcement officers who feel that they can treat people that way, that kind of behavior is going to continue. A new law now bans police stops for minor infractions like this one. In a statement, the Virginia Association of Chiefs of Police said it supports the investigation. Whitney Evans, VPM News. Senator Mark Warner says he was, quote, outraged by the treatment of Lieutenant Nazario. In a call with reporters, the Democrat compared that encounter with other recent incidents, including fatal shootings last month in Virginia Beach. All of these incidents, and and they are too countless uh, to name off, uh, all are reasons why I think it's time that we pass the Justice and Policing Act. The bill includes a ban on chokeholds and no-knock warrants and would limit protections for officers facing civil lawsuits. It's passed the U.S. House but faces longer odds in the Senate unless Democrats modify the filibuster. Richmond City Council is moving forward with finding a new home for the city's Confederate monuments after they were removed last year. As Roberta Roldan reports, City Council voted last night on a process to sort through more than 20 proposals. A committee of city staff will evaluate each request using agreed-upon criteria, including the new owner's ability to pay to move the monument out of storage. Requests from government agencies or nonprofits will be given preference. Councilmember Stephanie Lynch says she's just happy to have a process in place. It's been a year since we first started making efforts to dismantle and move the monuments. And it was a great day when they started coming down in July. But, you know, to get us to po- from point A to point B, it's been pretty painful. The list of groups requesting the monuments range from the U.S. Navy's historic preservation arm to neo-Confederate activist groups. The full city council will ultimately have to approve the transfers. There are a total of 14 Confederate monuments and iconography removed by the city last year. Roberto Roldan, VPM News. For months, workers at several VCU projects and the new General Assembly building say they've been denied overtime pay and other benefits, despite meeting IRS criteria to receive them. Frank Mahoney is a spokesman for the Construction Workers Union. The group held a car rally on VCU's campus yesterday to bring attention to these allegations. There are leaders at campuses like VCU, big organizations that hire people that are supposed to be upholding that community, making things better, and we want to make sure that they know we're there. In an email, a VCU spokesperson denied the allegations. 
VPM has not heard back yet from state officials regarding the contractors working on the General Assembly building. Virginia is one step closer to providing relief from inland flooding to residents and businesses. The Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation released a draft manual yesterday that creates guidelines for how communities can apply for money from the Community Flood Preparedness Fund. The money can be used for projects aimed at mitigating the impacts of flooding, severe weather, and rising sea levels. Residents can provide comments on the proposal through May 12th. A copy of it can be found at the Virginia Regulatory Town Hall website. Several Richmond parents say they're seeing mistakes on their students' transcripts. As Alan Rodriguez Espinoza reports, the errors are having consequences for students as high school graduation approaches. When schools closed last spring because of the pandemic, Richmond schools told students their classes could be marked with an I for incomplete. But now some parents are seeing these incompletes bringing down their students' GPAs. Those I's should not have counted into their GPA calculation. That's Betsy Milburn. She says her daughter's transcript is also missing several courses that are eligible for college credit. Her older son had this same issue when he was a senior in 2018 because the classes were coded incorrectly. Another parent, Pam Turner, says her son's transcript had a number of errors too, with his cumulative GPA not adding up. With him being a senior at this point, it's too late to try to get him into any four-year university. That affects scholarships as well. In an email, a spokesperson for RPS says the problem is being looked into and the district is in the process of updating transcripts to reflect the completion of last year's coursework. Alan Rodriguez Espinosa, VPM News. This week, Virginia Tech will be remembering the 32 students and faculty who died in the mass shooting there on April 16th in 2007. The university will be hosting events virtually due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The ceremonial candle at the on-campus memorial will burn for 24 hours, and a 3.2-mile run of remembrance will take place from April 16th to 18th, also as a virtual event. A digital exhibit launched on Monday, featuring messages of hope and love sent to the university in the aftermath of the shooting. This is VPM News. This newscast was recorded on Monday, April 12th at 6 p.m. Some of these stories may have changed from the time you've heard them. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.